Hi, and welcome to the Milk and Coffee Podcast, your coffee break for the ears. My name is Ava, and I want to invite you to slow down, simplify, and explore the art of cozy living with me. This is your invitation to embrace a more nourishing way of being. So grab a cup and get comfortable. I'm so happy you are here. Hey, hey, beautiful friends. How are you? It has been a few weeks as I was prepared traveling and um, hosting the pause retreat in Maine last weekend, which, ah, uh, it's hard work. The retreat, it is pure hard work for me. It is also hard work, but it is so fulfilling. It is truly soul filling. We hosted seven wonderful women from the United States and Canada this time in a dreamy architectural building by the sea. And we filled our days with beautifully cooked food, daily jumps off the dock into the cold and wild Atlantic Ocean. We chanted and stretched and laughed and shared about the funny bits and the hard ones too. I offered my very first one-on-one in-person coaching sessions and they brought me a lot of joy and hopefully landed with some helpful sparks. The first evening after rosé and oysters on the deck, I did a heart-opening, state-shifting breathwork exercise followed by some ecstatic dancing and that had us open and happy for dinner and a whole evening of talking and the weekend ahead. Really, the whole weekend was just absolutely dreamy and this was only our second retreat, but it felt more effortless as we are easing into our roles as hosts, both me and my friend and co-founder Rachel. This was my first time visiting Maine and so... Today, I just kind of wanted to share a little bit about it and put a little bit of a hoogie spin on it and see um, and talk about all the cozy things about Maine that I took away from there and how you can incorporate them into your life as well. So grab yourself a cup of something warm, make yourself comfortable and enjoy the next couple minutes. So Rachel is now actually living in Maine. She moved there right after our last pause, uh, which was held in Ohio. And I had the pleasure to stay a couple of days on before the retreat and after. I feel like even in this, just this one week in Maine, I was able to take away so much. Quaint villages nestling into the cradle of rocky shores. Maine is like a tapestry of serenity and beauty and an ode to the untamed elegance of the natural world. If someone ever offers you to go there, pack your bag, don't look back. Just like, just don't, just do it. Just go. The first cozy takeaway from my week in Maine is definitely to bring the treasures of nature inside and to evoke a sense of closeness to nature from within our living spaces. While I have always loved doing so, and I know I've talked about it so much in my work, I was just once again really reminded of the importance of it on this trip. Our retreat house was built onto a rock ledge and had so many windows looking out into the forest and towards the ocean from all vantage points, which gave you the feel of being barely separated from nature. As soon as you stepped outside, your feet would either hit soft moss or 
the actual rock that it's built on. Another main home that I visited had a beautiful atrium style staircase that connected the two main living floors as well as a loft on top of the house and it was just flooded with light. The staircase itself was made from untreated wood and the balusters seemed to be hand-collected branches with the bark removed. You could just tell that every single piece of wood in this house was trying to tell you a story. The floor downstairs um, was untreated stone and the kitchen had this beautiful vintage wood-burning stove and also a walk-in pantry with wraparound shelving full of dried herbs and ferments. Dreamy. The entryway mudroom featured beautiful herb drying racks all along the ceiling. Really every house I entered in that week embraced the natural world in one way or another. And it inspired me once again to decorate mainly with nature treasures. In Rachel's home, you can find bushels of dried herbs hanging from the ceilings, dried flower crowns adorning shelves and rocks and feathers and shells laid out on really basically any surfaces around the home. It was so cozy. At the pause retreat, we laid out an entire branch from Rachel's backyard apple tree with a tiny apple still hanging on it as an eye catcher in the living room. And I really think it brought the whole room together. We bedded seafoam green and vintage blue pillar candles on moss for dinners. We had clamshells made into beeswax candles. And we picked lush stems, the last witnesses of summer, out of a friend's garden and brought down two huge buckets of blooms to the retreat house for decorating. I actually have a little video how we packed up the car for the retreat with just so many boxes and suitcases and then these two gigantic buckets of wildflowers in the back. So I should definitely share this at one point or the other. I also filled these little cleaned glass cl glass jars. I think they were old yogurt jars with sand and pebbles from the beach and put a beeswax tea light in them, which was also really pretty. And then I had dried tiny flowers that I actually found and collected during my nap time walks here in Oklahoma City. And then I glued them onto white matchbooks to go with the candles. After the retreat, I brought home some cleaned oyster shells, which we had bought at a tiny fish market, and then we shucked ourselves for the welcome refreshments for the retreat. And now that I'm home, I laid them out on different windowsills around my living space. And every time I look at them, I'm reminded of my beautiful time in May. I added some pebbles that I found on the beach into my Lidatorp candle holder. And I photographed this candle holder many times for my Instagram, but I have this beautiful Scandinavian candle holder on my dining table. It's called a Lida Torp and it holds always my latest seasonal treasures that we bring in from our walks. I already had some dried lavender hanging in my kitchen here at home, but upon my return, I added a large bouquet of dried up baby's breath to it as well. And so I want to encourage you, especially with the holiday season approaching, to see where you can pair back on the store-bought decor and forage for treasures instead. Nature provides a wealth of colors and shapes and patterns and incorporating these into your home will make it feel more earthy and cozy and harmonious. And also every treasure carries a story which evokes an ambiance that feels truly personal. 
And once you're tired of them, that's an easy fix. You can put them back into nature and letting it fulfill the cycle of birth and decay. The truth is, it doesn't always have to be fancy, right? Yes, like homemade wreaths and beautiful garlands and elaborate craft projects are wonderful if that is your thing. But don't underestimate the beauty of a simple branch in a vase or a twig above your door or dried grasses in a jar or even just simply laying out your nature treasures on a ceramic plate as a table piece. I dare you to embrace simplicity with this. Okay, my second cozy takeaway from my trip to Maine is to embrace your natural beauty. I saw so many beautiful women walking the streets of Midcoast, Maine in just this one week, and there was just something so mesmerizing about the way they carried themselves. Their style ranged from colorful to earthen, but almost always with an emphasis on simplicity and natural fibers, and their hairstyles seemed just unfussy but beautiful, and the faces looked fresh and sun-kissed and windswept, and their makeup was either barely there or refreshingly understated. So as a mother with a very minimal makeup routine, I felt oddly seen. (laughs) And then it just so happened that one of our beautiful guests, together with her partner, runs a beauty salon based in Portland, Maine. Her partner cuts hair and she does makeup and eyebrows, and their salon is called The Nomadic Goat. And it's a minimal and eco-conscious studio specializing in intentional haircuts that you can just sort of wake, shake, and forget. And they made it their mission to make people see their natural beauty and embrace it. And through talking with Sheena about this, I was reminded again of how truly beautiful we all are with our differences and also how few of us actually can see that because we have such a tainted image of what is considered beautiful and what isn't. So I was very happy that that Rachel actually went deeper into some of that in her workshop during the retreat. She held this beautiful, joyful eating workshop, and it was just so interesting to explore all the ways I let myself be influenced by societal standards of what is considered a beautiful body. I urge you to take a minute after this podcast, or better yet, even stop it right now and take a minute to think about the last time You didn't wear something or eat something or change something about your looks or not change something about your looks even though you wanted to because you felt outside voices dictating you to do so. For example, you may have colored your hair or cut your hair a different way than your intuition whispered to you because you have some beliefs imprinted on your heart like, I can't have gray hair yet, I'm only in my late 30s or I look tired and boring if I grow out my natural hair color, or men find long wild hair most attractive. Like reflect on the last time you also didn't eat something because of all the boxes we like to put ourselves in, ranging from no carbs to no meats to no fat. And and, and just notice all the ways in which you say no to your body versus saying yes to your body. I saw so many women in Maine wearing their white or gray hair so gracefully, and it was beautiful. And their aging skin telling stories of summers on the beach and winters bracing the snowy landscape. The vibe of people actually feeling truly confident in their own skins and knowing who they are was mesmerizing. We all know the sayings, right? Beauty comes from the inside or beauty radiates from within, but 
it was in these little towns along Midcoast, Maine, that I could really sense that on a more collective level. So I feel like that's a big, big takeaway for all of us. The third Hugely takeaway from Maine was how good it feels to use our hands for meaningful work. Now, I believe we already do meaningful work with our hands every single day, obviously, right? Whether it is cooking a meal for our families or brushing our child's hair or holding hands with our partners, all of that is a meaningful way to use our hands. And we already use our hands in a creative manner all the time without actually seeing it or acknowledging it. However, Maine reminded me how precious, how precious it is to add more intentionality to that how good it feels to create something with our own hands. And that doesn't have to be a masterpiece, but it is really more about the doing than the final result. So for our gift basket this time around, I actually hand dyed little market bags with avocado pits. That is something I learned from a friend years ago. And I remember at the time she was talking a lot about working with her hands and I guess it fully didn't really trickle in until I reached a little bit more maturity, but um, I really hadn't embraced it in the case of my mothering days. And it was beautiful to sort of come back to a project like that. It was satisfying, honestly, to collect the avocado pits and to make the dye and then to hang them to dry and see how the color turned out. Rachel spent several days baking bread and muffins for the retreat. Um, days of intentional work, really, to nourish a beautiful group of women. I don't know, that that's simply beautiful, right? I mean, isn't it? Before the guests arrived, we, we shucked the oysters for our little welcome, get together on the deck. And it was my very first time doing that. I found it to be an immensely rewarding experience. I can't quite describe it, but there was some something about working meticulously and also, you know, it was sometimes hard to open them carefully and then to feel the texture and temperature in my hand and the smell of the ocean all around me. It was this really deep and rich sensory experience and I really enjoyed it. I loved how some guests brought along their knitting or their watercolors to the retreat. And so I just want to pass it on, right? The invitation for you is to go about your day and notice all the ways in which you already intentionally work with your hands and then see where you can add another layer of richness to your sensory experiences. That that could be baking a simple loaf of bread or planning a shareable meal that you can scoop up with just a piece of bread, embracing your hands versus using utensils. Maybe it could look like melting beeswax and pouring some simple candles or even just, you know, more more simple than that, roll beeswax sheets into candles. That's something even the youngest kids can help you do. It could look like working in the garden or even just planting a single pot of fall flowers for your tiny city balcony. It could look like making applesauce or painting a picture or turning an empty applesauce jar into a lantern. Like, whatever speaks to you, create something beautiful with your hands this week. 100% intentionally. And also without expectations, right? Just for the feeling of doing so. 
I think you will be surprised how good that actually feels. And please share it with me, like share what you come up with, share what you make and create and do. I think I would greatly enjoy seeing that. And that kind of leads me honestly seamlessly into my cozy takeaway number four, which might just be the true treasure of Maine. And that is supporting and embracing the local community. I loved how for a whole week, I saw only one McDonald's and no other single, like no single other fast food or chain restaurant of any kind. I walked in and out of little general stores and co-ops and artisan storefronts and bespoke coffee shops, little bakeries, seafood markets, and tiny boutiques. Every corner you turn, there is not only a different breathtaking view waiting for you, but most likely also a sign, right? Guiding you towards fresh eggs or sheep milk yogurt or other creamery goods and hand-churned butter or farm fresh produce and so forth. It is beautiful, but it also works because everyone seems to be committed to supporting each other. I have a feeling there's a real pride in supporting the local community there and taking your dollar over to your neighbor's farm stand rather than a supermarket chain. And I don't know how else to say it, but it seems the place is just peppered with salt-of-the-earth folk that have a passion and compassion to keep their local community thriving. It makes sense once you see the rugged coastline and the rich forest that comes from the, the essence of living in and with nature, and also through those harsh winters that Mainers have sort of cultivated a remarkable tradition of supporting one another. I sensed a profound and thriving community spirit, even though I was only there for a couple of days. And there's a big emphasis on the handmade and the artisanal. Main street shops brim with handcrafted items and stories of local artistry. And it is the shared values of craftsmanship and community that transcend commerce and rather make you feel like every purchase is a small investment in the collective heart of the state. For the pause, it was really important to us to honor that. And so we brought in a local yoga teacher for a beautiful sunset yoga flow by the shore. And her chanting and playing the harmonium was honestly probably one of the most sacred moments of the retreat. The gift baskets we had... Um, we had incense holders inspired by the shape of an oyster shell made by a local pottery art artist for our, for our beautiful mothers. And we worked with the woman behind, or the women behind the small company called um, Taproot Magazine. So we worked with the, we collaborated with the makers behind Taproot Magazine and included a copy in each gift bag. And then we also worked with a wonderful woman who is behind the small company called Both Hands. And we included her Beechwood Rose Finishing Salt and her hand-grown, hand-picked herbal tea. We shopped local and seasonal ingredients wherever possible. And we literally picked up individual items from different small shops on our drive down from Belfast, Maine, down to the retreat house. And it just felt really, really good. I mean, it was also cumbersome, right? To like stop and get out and go in for just one item and then do it all over again. But it was wonderful because you connect 
and you buy with intentionality. And to also know that this was just harvest, harvested or this was just handmade just really feels great. Naturally, these goods can be a little bit more pricey. And so you also kind of wager the importance of your purchase more. I found it terribly refreshing and also easeful. And I realized I could find all our Christmas gifts and everything for a farm-to-table holiday dinner between the tiny shops of Midcoast, Maine, without having to order a single item on Amazon, making one man infinitely richer in the process. And that felt really good. So maybe let's make an effort this autumn to seek out the makers and shakers and bakers in our local communities and see if we can spend our money there. What rich and interesting conversations that could spark with our children as well. To ask questions about the fast-paced river that is consumerism that just drags us along and to actually stop for a moment and to see if we can buy less but buy better as we embark on another holiday season. And I'm sure I'm going to talk more about this on this podcast as we head into November, but this is a great time to start thinking about all the ways the holiness and beauty and stillness of the end of the year gets swept away from us by being hung up on a concept of faster and more. And also what that does to our values and our integrity and our need for connection and community. So see if you can find the poetry and slower goods that are made and sold in your hometown. And speaking of poetry, that takes me to my fifth Huga takeaway from Retreat Week in Maine. Everything in life is poetry. For the pause, we brought in local poet Kat Farrell Davis, who taught an embodied poetry workshop on the beach, and it was amazing. We had hot tea and we were sitting on sheepskins that we laid out over the rocks right by the water's edge. And we listened to Kat talk about her passion for words and really how we, how we are all poets because we all have senses to take in the poetry around us. Through some really creative prompts, she somehow made the words flow. And I think most of us that day walked away with a, with a more beautiful poem than we thought we had in us. And so as a writer and poet myself, I want to encourage you to surround yourself with beautiful words and to let them flow from you, whether it's written or spoken or painted or pottered or sung. Poetry is in everything and let the poetry within you flow out of you uninhibited in whatever way you choose to do so. And with that, I want to end this episode. Thank you all so very much for being here with me today. Thanks for being patient while I was gone on retreat. And if your interest was sparked and you would like to come to the next retreat, you can find all the information in the show notes. You can buy my book with my poetry and prose on motherhood through my webpage. And the link will also be in the show notes. And if you just can't get enough of getting cozy with me, please head over to my Substack. You can subscribe for free or you can decide to support my work through a paid subscription to help me keep going with this podcast and also my writing practice. Rather than working with advertisers, I feel this is the most honest way you can support my work and keep it going. My newsletter has more of what's in the podcast, but it also goes a little bit deeper into my current emotions on motherhood, marriage, and life. And I also try to sprinkle in some inspirations and art and poetry, share some links of you know books and 
shows and music that have recently inspired me. I'm hoping to soon start virtual coffee dates on there as well, so hop on over to my Substack today. But for now, let me end this episode with a poem that has moved me so very much lately, and it's by Kat Farrell Davis, whom I mentioned above. She wrote, Of all the temples that ever spoke to me, so few managed to keep me. Forest, poem, sea. I'm going to read it one more time. Of all the temples that ever spoke to me, so few managed to keep me. Forest, poem, sea. Isn't that just beautiful? Maybe you want to start thinking about which temples have managed to keep you. And with that, I hope you have a wonderful day. So much love goes out to you. I hope you'll join me again next week. Bye. Thank you so much for being here with me today. I hope that this episode left you inspired to seek a slower, more intentional life. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, leave me a review, let me know where you like to listen to my podcast, or write to me. And most importantly, tell all your friends about milk and coffee. For more nourishing lifestyle inspiration, supportive mindset shifts, and all the coziness, follow me on Instagram at ava.maria.smith and subscribe to my Substack called Milk and Coffee. Or go to my webpage, www.avamariasmith.com. I would love to talk more. Remember, slow living is a journey and I'm here for you. Take a deep breath now and seek the beauty of this day. How lucky are we to be alive?